Welcome video game fans, it is Tim Robinson here from Video Game Fury. It is Monday, November 6, 2017. I am here as always to give you the latest in the best in video game news, industry knowledge, playthroughs, and my continuing journey studying the game dev crafts for all the aspiring game devs that want to learn it as well. Alright, to kick off this week guys... Normally I'd kind of break this into talking about what are the new releases coming out this week and any other particular news and if anything else comes out later today that uh, is uh, is pretty news-breaking, then I'm, I'll definitely add that later to the feed today. But I, th I really want to focus today on my experience over the weekend. I got to participate in the Extra Life Gaming Marathon. If you haven't heard me on press shows here, Extra Life is the nonprofit organization that supports local children's hospitals through the use of gaming marathons, 24-hour gaming marathons. Technically, you don't have to, but that's kind of the aspiration for a lot of folks that they go in and play games for 24 hours straight. Use that as a case to hopefully try to get some donations towards the cause of uh, helping out these hospitals. Very, very good organization. My company has a group that is, plays in that as well. And I figured... You know, I, I played his games as long as I had. I might as well try to try to take the dive as well, and it also gave me a secondary excuse to really go through my backlog because I've just accumulated so much this year, and, and the the golden goodness that we've gotten in 2017 alone has just been ridiculous on its own. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to do that and go through the backlog while also trying to uh, see if the audience could uh, help contribute to a great cause. Uh, it's really inspiring to see what these guys are doing. Last year alone, they raised about, I think it was like $37 million through everyone just doing their streaming feeds and just playing games all day. It really is inspiring to know that a hobby such as this can be used for such a great cause and really help just inspire these kids, too, that are going through so many so many of these conditions in these in these hospitals that they need the funding to be able to help them out. So I, I was very honored to do this. Now, unfortunately for me, I didn't get to do, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if I'd be able to do 24 hours straight at my age now. Uh, I already had commitments as it was throughout the weekend there, so I had to kind of break it up into chunks of six hours each, Saturday morning for six hours, and then uh, maybe more like four four hours or so yesterday uh, on a Sunday night. It was still fun, though, and... So today I just really wanted to focus on those games because I felt like, you know, I don't get to, like I said, I don't get to play that many games during the, the weekdays. And to be able to actually carve out time and dive into five games in particular that I really got to deep dive on is a great opportunity for me to share what the experiences are like, what the mechanics are like, what are some things that stood out to me. I didn't finish any of these games because, like I said, didn't do 24 hours. I only got to maybe put an hour or two in each game. But some good thoughts behind this, I think, are, are really something to share. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. But in the meantime, it was, a, it was a great opportunity to do this. I would advise you guys, if you want to, if you have any aspirations to uh, donate to a great cause and use your skills in video gaming to good effect, check out the Extra Life page. Uh, they should be at extralife.org. I believe there's, yeah, that's extra-life org if you want to check them out you can you can look for me as well if you want to Tim Robinson's the name I'm sure you can search me pretty easily on there and you'll see my page come up 
and there'll be a nice little green donate button there for you. Read about read about the site, of course, and read about what I'm trying to do in there. But if you are willing to donate to this cause, that would be really great. Uh, there's a nice green button there for you to get that done. It was also eye-opening for me too. It was the first time I've ever streamed on Twitch. I've got used to creating. I was uh, learning the software OBS that's used for doing the recording, where you can put some banners and overlays on your feed while you're streaming onto Twitch. So that was a nice experience to learn that. Uh, I do I, two life lessons for me to learn from that. And since it was my first time streaming, one, when you're recording from a PS4 remote play. So like I started with PS4 first on Saturday and then I switched to just playing games on Steam on my Mac the following yesterday. Always make sure you check your video encoding settings because <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at my other laptop as I'm playing and man, that was molasses <laughs> showing up on the feed there. And I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing a pixel art game too. I was playing Hyperlight Drifter when I started noticing these issues. And once I got a chance to do a commercial break, I fixed them and lowered the bit rates so that things wouldn't be such a slog. So I learned that, and then please make sure your mic's turned on for the last game, because my last game that I played, nobody heard me, and that's on me, so yay. Alright, first game up that I played on the feed, Guacamelee. Wanted to play this one for a while, I think probably was exasperated more and brought up more because of uh, Sony announcing during the Paris Games Week that the sequel was going to be coming out next year. And I figured, why not check this out, start the feed on a peppy note, and see where it goes. And I'm very happy I did, because I love this game. Definitely brings a Metroidvania vibe to it, but in the form of luchador wrestlers. Both favorite things of mine that I've enjoyed in my past. But I love the art style behind it. It's got a nice cartoony vibe. It's That's not taking itself seriously at all, but it also... Has a lot of cool mechanics behind it, especially bringing the kind of Day of the Dead theme uh, to the picture with the, the different skeletons and, and ghosts that you'll be fighting over the course of this game. Definitely love the playstyle mechanics too. I mean, as I said, you're a luchador. You've got the, the powers of a, a famous luchador that you acquire. And your moves are all just, you know, for now, I mean, I've always played two hours of it, but you, you do a lot of punching. You've got suplexes, pile drivers that you can build and enhance on. You've got a, a whole health and stamina meter that you can build over time and collect uh, heart and stamina pieces for. So right off the bat, it's hitting all the notes that you would expect from a Metroidvania type of game in terms of building your character, doing a lot of backtracking because there's some areas that you don't have access to until you get the right power and then you can use that to get through. I, lo I love the, the homage to Nintendo in this as well. Kind of makes me wonder how they got away with some of it. You, uh, When you go to get your new powers, you get it in the room that has a, a Chozo statue, which is exactly from Metroid. Usually you just go on top of the Chozu and get the power and then you're good there. You actually have to break the statue and then this man-goat thing comes out, asks you why you broke the statue, and then proceeds to teach you how to use the power. Sure. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Uh, fun mechanic there. So cool to see that and a little homage as well. The best part for me was when I was getting into the temple and you know, this very giant beast is coming from the left and 
you know, trying to take you out by, as he's going to the right. It's one of those ones where you have to keep running to the right and jump up and down for platforms and make your way to the very end of the level. And he's knocking out parts of the level as he does it. At the very end, you come up on a bridge that crosses over lava, and there's an X at the end of the bridge. Can you guess what game this is coming from? Yep, Mario is in the homage to uh, in this game as well. So you grab that axe and he falls into the lava and you're you're good to go. I'm I'm, I'm just loving the the callbacks to this. It definitely clearly looks like the team behind Guacamelee has a lot of respect for Nintendo and a lot of respect for the level design that they're so they do that they do so well and continue to do so well. 30 plus years to the day. So I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I stopped a couple hours in uh, once I actually had that very part that I just described where I killed the beast by taking the axe off. But I'm definitely going to keep going with this game here. I, I'm, I've been uh, trying to get my Metroid, Metroid fix for a while since Nintendo hasn't re released a Metroid for a while. Not until uh, the Samus Return games came out recently on 3DS, which is also something that I just bought recently that I want to get into. But Guacamelee is definitely one to, to keep going for a while. Just art style's great, mechanics are great. It's really a well-polished game. Uh, I don't know how long the game is supposed to be, but so far, looks like I got quite a few things up my belt here that I got to do. So kudos to the the team behind this game. I'm really glad I decided to plow into it. Next game up is Oxenfree, also played on the PS4. Been hearing a lot of good vibes about this indie game. It basically started out as a like a, a typical like teens going out, being rebels and going to have going to have a little party or uh, kind of a getaway on a beach and nights over a fire and just kind of chill out and drink all night. That's kind of the the setup it went with here. Only in this case, it looked like I was on a boat going to Prince Edward Island. And the art style is pretty pretty cool. It's a uh, pretty basic. It's kind of got some of that Broken Age vibe that the Double Fine Studios created, uh, only a little more simpler than that. I, I get the sense it's basically kind of the point-and-click type of game, only I'm not point-and-clicking, I'm moving the character. You play as Alex, who's a girl in this game, and you know, you're know you going to this island to hang out with your, your best friend, Ren, and I think uh, you got a stepbrother, too. I'm forgetting his name right now. That's the basic setup of the game so far. I really only played an hour of it, but I was curious about this one because I know people said the story was really good and a lot of the choices that you make in a game have uh, uh, pretty lasting consequences that uh, require multiple playthroughs. So I wanted to dive into this one here. So far, I basically met everyone on the island and just kind of hung out for a bit and you know chuck rocks into the ocean or, or roast the fire or something. And next thing I know, I'm going into a cave where there's a lot of weird things going on. My radio seems to be an important device to pick up different frequencies and also determine like what seems to be other kind of alien artifacts. I'm getting a lot of sense of the, uh, if you guys remember the old point-and-click adventure game from LucasArts called The Dig. We're talking like way back, like early mid-90s here. I kind of get a lot of that vibe where you're going onto this weird planet or, or cave or asteroid or something and... You're, the way you interact with things always creates these weird, different alien effects. I kind of get that sense from this particular game. It's too early to tell, but 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep going through it as well whenever I get the time. I think I like, uh, so far I just like the dialogue between all the uh, the teenagers and there's clearly some subplots with uh, your friend, with your friend Ren and, you know, what you're going to do with your life after college and you got this one girl who is, uh, seems to be very angry at you, something to do with your dead brother. So, so story-wise, it's, it's, it's at least hooked me, even though I don't really know what's going on yet. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I think it's one of those games that I definitely want to really put a lot more focus on on my alone time because I think this is a game that really requires you to focus on the decisions and dialogue trees that you're saying. So I'm digging it so far. It's too early to tell where it's going to go next, but I'm sure to have updates for you guys uh, the next time I play it. With that all said and done, the last game to cap off my first day of this marathon was one I've really been looking forward to ever since it came out in August, and that's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice on the PS4. The, the, I've read, it, read all about it in a Game Informer article way back when, and I, I love the premise and idea of them actually putting in the research with uh, actual mental health doctors, people who are psychiatrists, psychologists, and are very familiar with what our people go through when it comes to these mental conditions and how they affect characters in, in various varieties of ways is, is something that really intrigues me. It, it once again speaks to me about the power of the creative format of the video game and how we could just tell stories in so many different ways. And so Hellblade was something that really, really piqued my interest and I got a couple hours of playthrough through that and Damn, <laughs> this is really making a case for one of those top games of the year for me that a lot of us video game podcasters, YouTubers, and critics are really having trouble with this year because 2017 is just a, a plethora of riches. But the real premise is basically you're Sonoa, you're, I guess you're this uh, Nordic girl who sees, their, sees almost her whole tribe wiped out, including her own husband. It looks like she may be carrying around his skull in uh, like I guess some leather or something and it's kind of around her waist and you're going back to Avenger people against this Viking tribe that supposedly wiped them out now the, 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 the tickler to this is the fact that your character has psychosis psychosis is basically kind of like an illness like almost similar to schizophrenia it, it gives you all sorts of delusions hallucinations you, you talk incoherently, there's, there's agitation because of these environments. And the person that's doing this is not really aware of his or her behavior. Very, it's a very tough condition people to go through. Uh, there's usually meditation, medication, and just, yeah, therapist, therapy with a psychologist that needs to go through. But this intrigued me a lot to, to see this because the, the premise of the game, and they tell you right off the bat that you should wear headphones. Uh, I didn't do that for the first couple hours because I was trying to make sure that the Twitch feed was running correctly. But that that game tricks you like like hell. <laughs> so because all as you're going through this game, you're you're getting a narrator kind of narrating experience, but there's also all these voices that start coming up, either leading you in the right direction, misleading you. You don't quite know exactly what you make of certain signs or environments you're in. 
Like it's a it's a pretty intense experience, and you can definitely see it in the the facial animations of this character. Which, by the way, whoever's playing this girl, I think I read that it's actually someone internal to Ninja Theory, the game studio that made this game. Uh, she put all together all the voice acting and the the facial motions. She did an incredible job because this this girl is just going through so much crap and just does not know what reality she's in. And the voices all in her head and around her just do not help. So I know definitely for sure the next time I play this, I'm going to have the headphones on. But man, this is like you know, visually, it's stunning to look at just to kind of see Norse mythology come to life. They really put a lot of thought into explaining the Norse mythology whenever you encounter a rune and focus on it. So it really was great there. The combat, too, is right up in your face. Now, this is, what, this is really hack and slashy. It's very simple. There's really no nuance or uh, beauty to the mechanics of the game, like if you were fighting as Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn or as Geralt in Witcher. Uh, but you are up close and personal fighting these enemies that may or may not be enemies. You actually have to be aware of what is behind you, and the voices in your head actually help you by saying, look out, and you got to make sure you block at the right time to... Uh, you know, to to parry them, it really is great. I, I would love to dive into this much more, but I really want to save it for when I beat it because I, there's definitely something great about this game, mechanics-wise and just presentation-wise about it. But it also speaks a lot to what I've gone through, kind of personally in my life as well. That I think is something worth worth sharing once I've actually beaten the game. It's supposed to be like a seven eight hour experience, so I'm pretty sure I'm just about halfway there. But man, what a game Hellblade is! And if you don't don't sell this game short uh, by what it looks like, it really is something to behold. And I definitely think you should check it out. All right, moving on today, let's talk about some of the Steam games I played yesterday. Only a couple since I didn't have a lot of time. But Hyperlight Drifter was something that I've really wanted to check out for a while. I know it came out a couple of years ago. Got it on sale and just never got to it, but uh, I'm just a, such a fan of pixel art and the things people are doing nowadays, especially in the indie space with pixel art and how they've expanded the, the boundaries beyond what I used to be able to see back in the NES and Super NES days with that particular type of art. This one is definitely up there one of the like the best drawn type of games so far i only got maybe an hour and a half into it i have no freaking idea what is going on in the game i presume it's 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 being subtle for a reason it wants you to it wants you to see the art as a way of telling a story much like a comic book uh visuals are typically used to still tell the story as well I mean, I got the sense that it's it's pretty straightforward. It's not asking you to go things too deeply. Like, a, you're, it's, it looks like it's a post-apocalypse city being destroyed, and you're some... Uh, something's going on with you. Like, you keep coughing up blood like crazy. I guess it's so something happened in the beginning where this whole black substance kind of started occupying my body, and I don't really know what's happened since. All I know is, is I got a sword, I got a gun, I can dash around, and heal with my little tiny robot that's kind of like a ghost from Destiny. And I'm just plowing my way through the world, activating portals and finding these gems or things that look like the Triforce and trying to get the things powered up and running again, I guess. It's really hard to tell, but I mean, the, the, the landscapes and the backgrounds are really impressive. Like, every now and then, 
you'll like cross through a forest or a jungle or or go through uh, a body of water where a temple used to be and you know as you're going through that temple just out of the blue will be this gigantic mech that's been like frozen in time for thousands of years just sitting there and becoming part of nature it's it's pretty impressive to to look at if you really uh take a stop and, and see what's going on but so I, I got a sense you know it's it's very old school and it's got quite an old school first legend of zelda 8-bit vibe to it there where it's very open rain and free you can only here you can probably go into any dungeon you want and you're just collecting artifacts for now to activate something like i said i have no clue what's going on but i'm so in awe of the visual style and presentation that I don't even bother looking at it as a negative anymore. It's that it's that powerful enough, visually speaking, that uh, that you can kind of ignore the setting and story you're going through. So I'll, I'll, I'll be trying to find a way to plow through that amongst other games, but Hyperlight Drifter is finally something that, after a couple of years of not... Uh, just having a set in my Steam library, something that finally I feel really works well. And playing with the PS4 controller connected to is is makes it makes it much easier too to really help me navigate and dash my way around the enemies. So check that one out if you haven't already. It's really such a great presentation of what Pixel Art can actually do. And the last game I got through in the marathon was Pyre. Something I really wanted to play ever since they announced it. This is from Supergiant Games, the the same people who created Transistor and Bastion. Bastion was one of my favorite games that I got to play on the iPad. Uh, it's a really great mobile experience, even though I know it was on other platforms. But just the the presentation behind that game, and the narrator being a, a cool mechanic behind it, basically detailing your every single move in the game, and really fleshing out the lore and the narrative was really great. Uh, these guys, and to do it all in a great isometric setting was really great. So to hear to hear the next game, Pyre, was coming out was definitely high on my list of of games to look out for. And it came out over the summer, and I, I finally got a chance to, nearly not much, barely an hour into it there, but I'm sold already on, first of all, visual style, incredible. It looks like a comic book. Uh, post-apocalyptic type of visual style. Really not much to understand about the story yet. It just looks like your character that's been sent to like a purgatory where all the enemies and criminals of the, the upper world are sent to. And you got to find a way to work your way back up there. You encounter these three strangers in masks who uh, find out you're a reader. Apparently reading is forbidden in this, in this particular time, but you are a reader somehow. And you read this uh, pyre book to understand the rituals that you're going to have to go through to get yourself out of exile. And it, it, it tutorialized that uh, when it was explaining the rules there. It showed my three uh, strangers there competing against like shadow versions of themselves. And really, it's, it's pretty much what all the reviews are saying. It's basically like playing NBA Jam. I mean, you, got, you control one character, you, keep, you get the ball in the middle of the ring, and you toss it to one another... Sometimes if you don't have the ball, you can have a way to cast people out for a certain amount of time using whatever spell is specific to your character. They end up staying away for like maybe, I think it was like 10-15 seconds before they reappear at their at their peer, pyre, if you will. 
but you want to take advantage of that time to try to get the ball into their lights because each each light's got a set amount, I guess you could say hit points per se, and each time you bring it in there, I think it takes away like 10 or 15 points. And once you get it down to zero, you've, you've won. And you move up in the ranks, and that's what helps you try to get your way to freedom. Now, of course, I didn't get too far to experience some of these situations, but the, the big premise is that as you're building your team, like these are not the three characters you stick with through the game, they have an opportunity to get their freedom there, and, that, and that's what everyone's playing for. So you have to constantly juggle, hey, I want to make sure that I can win my games, but I also want to make sure that these guys are not doing this forever and earn their freedom. So you may have this, a decision that kind of comes up, where you may have to free one of your teammates and fill a roster spot. It's a really interesting premise mixed in a fantasy role-playing world uh, to mix this kind of play mechanic into a genre like this. So I think that's what really sets it apart. Uh, you can, you know, like I said, the lore and story are kind of really straightforward. There's really not much to digest there, but I think the mechanics behind this are really something else. And I think. The guys at Supergiant really know how to keep mixing things up each game they play, which I think is great. They're, they're experimenting, but not at the cost of their budget. And it really suits their style well for the type of games they want to bring out. So I, I would definitely want to keep going into this. I'm sure there's a lot of deep mechanics to this, especially I'm probably going to run into much more Exiles and recruit them onto my team as I try to make my way up to Freedom as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be making a lot of excruciating decisions with my team as to, as to whether or not I want to keep them to keep the team strong or if I really want them to get up to, you know, deserve their freedom and let them go. It's really fascinating. Uh, I would go, please go check this one out. You know, I know it's hard with all the other games out there, but if you want, like, really cool kind of throwback visual style and, and a nice unique premise as of a game mechanic, Pyre is the way to go. So go check that out. And that's about it. Pretty good roundup of games to sum up the gaming marathon for Extra Life this weekend. Definitely wanted to try to get a couple more in if I had more time. I, I tried to install Infamous Second Son and The First Dishonored, the definitive edition, to my PS4. See if I could get those in, but I just ran out of time to do it. I think I do. I think made pretty good choices of games to start with. Not the conventional ones you usually will see come up on Twitch. I think a lot of people went with the the standouts that comes with watching games, whether it's an Overwatch or a Player Unknown Battlegrounds, PUBG, if you will. But I want it to be different because that's who I am. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's about it. Uh, I do. I did have a recording of. One of the games, I think it was Hellblade. Uh, I'll check my computer when I get home to see which one I did. So I'll probably put it up on the archives on my Twitch channel. Uh, it's usually up there on twitch.tv slash timbodr79. That's T-I-M-B-O-D-R-79 if you want to check that out. Uh, I definitely do want to plan doing this again very soon. Potentially, I'm thinking probably maybe over the Thanksgiving break. Like probably like Friday or Saturday or something. Not really going anywhere much, so it'll be a nice little fun post-Thanksgiving activity. But until then, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed some of the, the, the game talk I'm doing here. Uh, this was uh, some pretty pretty uh, well-renowned games that have come out that I thought would be pretty cool to show on the screen and talk about here. So if you want to go check those games out, go do that. But until next time, I am done for the day. I want to thank you for time listening to me here. And you know you can check out 
you know, if you want to check out anything here on the on the station or on the podcast, you can do that right here through the Anchor app on anchor.fm slash video game fury, or you can just search for the video game fury uh, overall. And we're constantly on, and we have this feed on iTunes and Google Play as well if you want to download us on your favorite podcast app. And lastly, just, you know, check on Facebook every now and then. I usually will throw up a few articles that I may eventually talk about on the show, so you can check us out on facebook.com slash videogamefury79. If you have any thoughts that you want to share there, you know, any way you want to do it, you really want to leave it on Facebook or do a call-in on the Anchor app, I'd love to hear your feedback continuously on the show. It's what drives the content for me and keeps the conversation going. So until next time, folks, I want to thank you again. Hope you guys are going to have, having a great day and a good start to the week. Until next time, guys, enjoy your games.